All right, Jen. Thank you. I appreciate it. I feel like we've tried to connect for, yeah, forever. And we've had quick meetings and then it didn't work out a couple different times. So, but thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Pleasure so, to be here. So I had given you a couple of questions. I kind of wanted the topics I wanted to talk about, but uh, can you give us a, a little of your backstory and, and who you are? Yes. I've actually written a few things down because I oh. feel like I've yeah, just to help me. So yeah, that's fine. I've got stuff, little notes everywhere on my computer screen too, so it's all good. I'm um, I'm actually quite nervous doing this. Uh, don't be. It's 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 we're not that big big of a deal. I mean, come on, we're cool, but we're not that big of a deal. Okay, okay. Um, so I grew up in the UK. I um was part of a. Baptist church my family were Christians we were part of a Baptist church and I remember always kind of knowing God from a very young age had a real relationship with him and then we mum and dad but I, I, I kind of was quite a risky kind of a bit more of a cheeky kid and I knew really that the Baptist church didn't really suit me um couldn't, my couldn't, con <laughs> couldn't contain you right I couldn't contain us. Um, and I remember mum and dad um, ended up moving and getting involved with a, quite a rural pioneer church at the time that was really small. And I was quite excited by that because it was suddenly quite different to what I'd experienced church to be. But I knew that was where we were at. And I went to my first ever pioneer leaders conference when I was about 12. Nice. And I remember mum and dad just, just took me along to everything which I'm really grateful for. Um, and I remember going to that conference and it was just like, wow, this is cool. Like suddenly there were all <laughs> those churches. I didn't know there were all these different pioneer churches and suddenly you brought them all together and there was just this, this creativity. There was the prophetic. It was just, I don't know, the relationships were real and authentic. And I just remember being like that, being a bit of a standout moment. I still remember like walking into this big, I think it was at like Pontins or... I don't know, some, some like kind of, I don't know, holiday yeah, camp but just, thing. But just a hodgepodge, ragtag group of people that just didn't care what people thought. Absolutely, and there were people with flags and all sorts, you know, it was like very 90s. And um, yeah, and then I, my whole teenage journey is another story completely, like went a little bit to double life kind of figuring myself out like you do when you're a teenager but then um I actually met Joel who's my husband now um at about 18 at this pioneer church in the rural pioneer church that we were part of and that was a bit of a miracle really for me meeting him he was just like on my page and in terms of like knowing God personally and authentically and being out of the box in terms of um, you know, real non-religious. He was the same. He spoke my language. And so we ended up going to university together in Southampton. And I remember before we went searching on Google Pioneer Churches in Southampton, and there was one Pioneer Church in Southampton. So we were like, right, we'll go there. So we rocked up at City Life in Southampton that was led by, and is still led by Paul, Paul Woodman and Bev Webb. And I remember getting there. We went and sat on the front row. We were just like real enthusiastic um, teenagers. And um, and I was wearing a really cool jacket. I had like a kind of 
camo jacket with like rainbow cuffs or something. Anyway, I still remember what I was wearing. And uh, I just loved it. It just, we got there and I was like, oh my life, this is home. Like I hadn't felt at home in the Baptist church. I hadn't really felt at home in the rural church because there was just no other people my age. And it was so small and um, isolated really. So there, there wasn't many of my people but when we got to Southampton and got to City Life that was like landing in in my home and I just both of us we just learned so much there we we thrived we we got married there so we were in our second year of uni we got married and then bought a house and did up our house and um, I became a teacher Joel's a structural engineer we kind of went through all that kind of career stuff and establishing ourselves as adults a little bit and mm-hmm. um, and then we we started to actually we really were heavily involved in church life and um we actually started a like a connect group style thing there and that was kind of an amazing thing that god really built around us really um, a real mixture of people so there were you know, people who'd grown up in Christian homes, but also people who had had no church experience at all. So it was a real yeah. mixture of people. And we just, I don't know how, I don't know how really it all happened, but we just, we just kind of grew together and we started to just really champion each other, support each other. We, we've been, we went through like miscarriages and brain tumors and epilepsy. And I've written a whole list because there were so many things, unexpected pregnancies, marriages. There was all like, paper dramas but we all just kind of like clung to each other and um journeyed through those things with each other cheered each other on and and supported each other in the hard times and I remember this is like a real significant thing for us that people would come to that Tuesday night they wouldn't always come on a Sunday morning yeah that's my life was I mean it was also there on a Sunday morning too but different um but that kind of authentic life together, loving God, loving each other thing, that really happened on that Tuesday night. Um, that community of, of togetherness and just, yeah. you, you knew each other, you, you're having dinner together, you're taking yes. each other in when you need it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that, that sense of community, that type of community can't be, can't be um, artificial. Right. You can, you know, it, it, there's something so real about that kind of type of community that um, you don't realize you don't have it until you've seen it. Yeah. You can think, oh, yeah, you go to church and you're like, oh, yeah, it's, it, we're, we're such a good community. And then when you have real community, you're like, wow, that was pretty void of, of a lot of stuff. Yes. And that is almost like, <laughs> I, it, I did not know at the time how precious that was, like yeah. how incredibly wonderful it was to have this amazing group of friends that honestly we had so much fun we had a laugh and we could cry together and you know all of it all of it anyway one of the things so part of being pioneered being part of that pioneer church is we'd often invite prophetic people come you know bring encouragement to the church and I remember Carl Wills who's a prophetic guy in Southampton at the time he came to our little Tuesday night group and prophesied over all of us. And I remember one of the things he said to me and Joel, well, to the group, um, and to me and Joel, was that this is the shape of things that is yet to come. 
and I remember that just really sticking with me thinking oh that's so exciting like what we're doing here this is the shape of what is to come this there's there's more of this that could happen for other people and I felt yeah. like really excited by that um and encouraged and I actually I before we you've come on the call you know we've called each other this morning yeah I've actually come back I've I've got this book that's like I wrote up a load of prophetic words we've had over from a long time ago and I've got that word out and oh my goodness it gave me goosebumps all over again like and there's stuff in there that I've forgotten that God had said like 13 years yeah. ago that now I'm seeing and I'm just like wow so that's kind of like that prophetic part of pioneer yeah. is just having people that can come and speak into your life like yeah. that just so valuable I just yeah. oh. so so go back to just a second. Did you have an Apple printed book of your prophetic <laughs> words? You do, don't you? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. I, no, I didn't see it, but I was like, that looks like the Apple book. Like, you know, you get it from uh, uh, iPhoto when you'd made make on, that. Look, made on Yeah. Yes. Good job. <laughs> yes. That's okay. a really, that's a really cool idea because I think sometimes we get these prophetic words and we hold our phones up. We have somebody record it or speak into it or we get it. And then it gets stuck in the, the 400 voice memos we have and we totally forget about it or we get it in a piece of paper and it gets wadded up and put in a drawer somewhere. And, and then we wonder why that yeah. prophetic word that yeah. was given to us, we forget about it. Um, and like my wife says, you have to steward that prophetic word because if you don't, they're like, okay, yeah, oh, this prophetic word's about me. But if you're not, a, if you're not stewarding what God has called you to do or what you're supposed to be doing in that prophetic word, what happens? It just, it, it has a season. I think, I think prophetic words have seasons. And if you don't steward that word, you may go out of your, that word may go out of season for your life because you're not following what God has asked you to do with that word. So I think writing it down, putting it in an Apple book is a really cool idea. So, I mean, I, I'm going to tell my wife that because I mean, there's been a lot of prophetic words that um, we've gotten. And I think it's like, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. Just to put it in something that you can go back and pull off the shelf and look at and say, this is the date. And then maybe have a blank spot and write down what God did for you on the other side and how that yeah. prophetic word came to pass or, or when it, when it does come to pass. That's, that's really cool. I like that. So sorry to interrupt you. I just thought that was like, I know that book. <laughs> no, it's that's so funny. You know, just that. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I think the other part of that for us is so going on from there is we, we had this amazing community and then suddenly, yeah. um, well, not, well, it felt a bit sudden to me, but Joel is a structural engineer and he was kind of at a sticking point in his career. He didn't know, he kind of had limited options about what to do next. And he's a real learner, real wants to develop himself. So he said, Jen, can we move to New Zealand? I want to get involved in the, in earthquake, learn about earthquake engineering. And I was like, what? Because <laughs> um, we, we were just never that traveling type. We were like, yeah, cute homebody. And bought a house and did it up and got stuck in a church and community and you know it was never uh, traveling was never something on my radar ever mm -hmm. and so I was like mm, not really us but um, anyway we did we moved to New Zealand and um, with our two boys at the time so we had Sunny and Leo and they were, Sunny was two Leo was about six months old 
and we did the same thing again tried to find a pioneer church no pioneer churches here whatsoever yeah so i ended up finding a church that had the same branding font as our church back home (laughs) (laughs) that's a great way to find a church oh do they have a cool font i like their font (laughs) it wasn't even that it was that cool it was just the same it was just familiar so um we just went along to that church and it was actually just really hard to connect with people and build relationships with people. Yeah. Probably we were parents then. So we had two yeah. young kids that, you know, you had to get home afterwards to give them a nap and you couldn't have a conversation for longer than about 30 seconds because you were pulling them off the stage from you know, climbing on drum kits and that playing kind with of the so microphones and kicking the yeah. guitars over, you know, like little rock stars. Absolutely. And yeah. our kids are wild, you know, they're two boys full of energy. And so there was a lot of things that were just really hard going along to that church and yeah. not then finding it easy to make friends. It was it was actually a really, really lonely time. So those prophetic words that we'd we've written up and stored, they would something I would go to on the regular to just like remind myself. Yeah. God has said this, you know, it's it, they're really important in those moments too, you know, to stare your heart and encourage you when you've got no one else around you doing that um yeah so i'm really grabbing no no you're uh, it's good i I like it i like to hear we want to hear the history of of who you are and especially with like pioneer of you were in a pioneer like big wisdom like i'm not like ness or you know i've i've not got this amazing ability to just talk no, it's okay. It's it's perfectly fine. That's that's why we're doing this podcast is to get people from all over, different walks, different types of personalities. So, if I if I wasn't interested in having a conversation with you, I wouldn't have pestered you so many times to, to do this. So, yeah, we're it's good. I love it. Thanks, Matt. Okay, well, so I, I'm really passionate about this this story because I feel like God has just been with me in it all. So I feel I'm excited to tell you my story yeah. um, because I'm just so thankful for God for being with us in it all. Um, so, yeah, coming to New Zealand was really, really hard. Um, not having any of that group that we'd formed a relationship with in Southampton, our, our connect group, that not having them, oh, that was really hard for me. And it was okay for Joel because... He had a he'd had a job that he could just dive straight into, and yeah. you know he had stuff to do and people to meet and friends to make there. But I just had these two little boys and no car, and it felt like there was no one around. Like it was just a, a complete opposites to what I was used to. Um, so I had to find new ways to connect with people because church was I couldn't do it with, with the regular formal way of doing church. So. I ended up just making friends with people at the playground and God just kind of had these amazing appointments for me. And one particular lady I met, miracle story, really how I met her. Um, she, it was really weird. So we'd been in New Zealand about three, three weeks and I'd been given one name of someone that someone knew um, I didn't know them. I didn't know, have any family or anyone, any other connections here, but someone had given me one name and I didn't know how to connect with them at all. I went to this playground one day near the house we were renting and there was a lady there with two girls and she was pushing them in swing. And I thought, I've just got to make friends. I just got to 
get stuck in. So I went over and I was like, hi, I'm Jen. I've, I noticed you've got two kids. How are you? You just start asking questions. Yeah. Um, anyway, she said, to, she asked me, oh, do you know anyone here? And I said, oh, no, I've only got this one name. And I don't know who she is. Or, And she was like, no way. That's my sister-in-law. <laughs> and it was just like, what, what are the chances? Um, so I just felt like God was with me again, even though, you know, that wasn't really a big deal. It, it was because it felt like he was with me yeah. and just things like that. Anyway, I ended up um, getting to know Claire a lot better and she introduced me to some of her friends and then they all started coming along to the church we were going to, to cause they were, they'd come out of church a bit and, or just come back from living somewhere else. And so they were all kind of, there was a couple of these two couples who were looking for church and what to do. Anyway, so we went along together but kept meeting up in playgrounds and found ourselves having a better time when we'd meet up in the playground or go for coffee at the beach or whatever. That was this more valuable time together. Yeah. So we then started a bit of a connect group anyway and started talking about church a bit more and what that could look like. And we ended up saying, I remember it was a hot summer's day and we were at a splash pool with our kids and Joel and I had already decided we were going to ask this couple if they wanted to start doing church at like the playground and like, did they actually want to do something different and, <laughs> and, you know, not go to the other church, but do something different with us. And I remember being so nervous about what, like, are they just going to think we're weirdos? Um, <laughs> but they, they were like, yeah, we are up for it. We're game. We'll, yeah, let's do it. So we did. So we just started. It kind of it, it kind of just evolved, and a couple of another couple joined in as well. And we just started doing church at the playground, at the beach, different places where our kids could be kids and not get told off for running around in a dark building but we could be outside we could enjoy a nice coffee we could chat you know we could i don't know be, make friends with each other i suppose in a in a much more easy environment for us as parents and so that's where it kind of all began the way we're that's kind of the, the start of church here i mean when we first said we were going to move to new zealand i was like thinking this is going to be like a little two-year adventure but we kind of got to two years and I realised, oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's a bit longer. And um, God spoke to me again about that and said, I just feel like you need to invest, like you're staying forever. And I had to kind of go through a bit of a process of letting go of um, that idea of moving back to England and really trying to establish ourselves in New Zealand. But, um, yeah, then, so then we started doing church and um, I was connecting a lot with Bev from our church in Southampton. And she said to me, oh, Billy, who we knew through churches in Southampton, he's going to be in Australia. He's linking up with some other churches in Australia. You should try and connect up with Billy. So I did. So I connected up with Billy and went over. We took the whole family over to Australia for the one of the first Pioneer Australia conferences and suddenly met a whole load of other people like us again. It was like coming home again, like that time yeah. when we arrived in Southampton. It was like, wow, this is this is people who talk our language again. And 
you know, and seeing Billy and um, having that sense of connection. And Caroline was there too. And oh, it was just brilliant. So we started building a connection there. And then that really gave us the encouragement, I think, to keep going with and really own the church thing we were doing here in Christchurch because it wasn't it wasn't always easy it was it was so non-religious it was so kind of against the church rules or you know of <laughs> so every e- so just every day yes yes yeah every day yeah. living just not like oh it has to be this way or it has to be this way yeah. so yeah so we weren't doing like any preach or songs or anything like that we were literally just going to a playground and having coffee and and chatting and that's how it started but it was quite it like it was quite confronting for even us like you do we did all feel quite challenged I think in that space because you did feel like you were doing something wrong like how can this be church how can this be valid is this like we must be doing something wrong um so so quick question on that you said you know, you'd ask that couple, do you want to do church? You know, come out with us, us two crazy people and do church in a park, you know, thinking that mm-hmm. they're going to be like, these people are loons and, you know, they just, we just need to run away. Um, yeah. when, you were saying that when you were at this other church, it was so hard to connect with people. Did you feel like it was, it was like they didn't, didn't care to have relationship or just didn't have the time for relationship. What, what was the mindset behind or how did you kind of gather from that? I think, I think there's a few things going on. I think for us, we were, it was, there was a bit of a cultural thing as well. So New Zealand are quite used to lots of people coming to visit. So that people are very friendly when you first meet them and they're really, really like willing to help you out. And so when we first arrived at that church, they were amazing. They're like, we had no money. We were really naive. Thinking <laughs> we could move to New Zealand with two kids and I don't know, no stuff. Like, what were we thinking? Um, so they like bought us a big load of truckload of firewood and um, yeah, just were really kind, really kind. But then to get to know people on that deeper level, I think people possibly in New Zealand as a as a cultural thing, that's a bit harder to do because people are a bit more isolated and maybe used to people coming and then going again Mm. Um, because lots of people travel travel in New Zealand so I think I think there's a bit of a cultural thing there but also a bit of a time thing like with church when you're part of a big church there's these time there's time restrictions on on you like I knew I knew what that was like being part of church in Southampton you know I was part of the worship team and stuff you don't have time for anyone else outside of outside of that really so there's definitely that element to the way we're doing church now that means I don't have all these other things to do to make church happen, like lay out the chairs or do a worship team practice or I don't know what, you know, all those other just things. Just sweep the park do. bench off. Yeah, you just turn it up with what you've <laughs> yeah. got. And, and that's that simplicity about church. Like it's like going back to those kind of like the raw, important parts of it I suppose yeah. that it's just coming as you literally are so sometimes you know we we do come <laughs> someone might burst into tears when they get there which is normally me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but no I I think you're right about that like we we do um 
like for us, church is very simple. And I think we've, we've gotten too complex with church. If you, does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. we spend so much time in the per, um, production of church, not us per se, but the, I think people try to spend so much time in the production of church that we forget about the, the real reasons they were there. And that was relationships and um, the hearing, the preaching and the teaching and not the how many flavors of coffee they have and is the light show good this week? And oh, oh, the smoke machine put too much smoke out while they were doing that. And, you know, I'm just like, for us, it's like that we're about relationships. And I think when we start to get to the point where we're more concerned about the production of church, we lose the, what the original meaning of Ecclesia should have been and what the, the original church was designed for because we've just become too, drawn into the production of it. And I, I think getting to the, using the bare bone basics of church, and I'm not putting down that by any means, but I think we can get so wrapped up in production that we just kind of forget. We don't have time. Like you said, you didn't have time for when you were in the worship team time to talk because you were just like, we're so focused on doing some of that stuff that you just, it's, it's almost turns into a chore than it does a, uh, a joy to do it and, and a pleasure to do it sometimes. So mm-hmm. I think just trying to get back to some of the basic tenets of what the original church was like is key because I think so many people are burnt out from the average. For us, it's the American church and it's, you know, what celebrity pastor do we have this week and different things like that. And I think we just need to get back to what God is telling us to do and how we're supposed to reach, not reaching everybody the world is not our is not our um congregation or flock it, we have to look at what is around us not trying to reach everyone in every every area of the world with it and i think we become so um used to that in our cultures we look at the the people look at the big churches and say oh they're doing so well but then it's like well there's a lot of little churches that are doing really well too so i think we just got to refocus sometimes and get back to some of the basics of what God was telling us to do originally. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my, I chatted to my mom and dad the other week and they were, they were saying how they kind of regretted the fact that they did so much. Um, they were so involved in church yeah. when we were growing up, they didn't actually have time or well, they, they didn't, they didn't have time to invest in the relationships outside of church. And yeah. I remember they said, we bumped into so-and-so's mum in Sainsbury's, who I went to school with, her, the mother of my friend who I went to school with. And they're like, we see them all the time um, still now. I wished back then I'd invested more in that relationship because they're still here. They're still people yeah. in my life. But I don't really know, but I still don't really know them very well. And that really challenged me because I thought, oh, yeah, this if I'm giving too much just to this one, you know, to the church thing and not, and and just putting all my energy in here, what about my kids and their friendships they're making now? And if there's like this bigger picture, it's not, I think one of the things doing church like this has taught me or is teaching me still is that it's slow. It's not instant fruit all the time. I mean, there will be some instant fruit and some good fruit along the way, but, it's actually really slow and growing relationships takes time. And I want to be able to, in 10 years time, bump into Sonny's mate's mum in the supermarket 
and be able to ask her about current things in her life and know about, you know, be in relationship with her rather than feel like I still don't know you very well. And it's been 10 years and we're still bumping into each other in the supermarket. Um, And I think maybe COVID also has helped people do that a bit. It took away, didn't it, all the the gumph of the other things to do. And suddenly you had to talk to your neighbours and you had space and time to do that. And I just think that's so important. And if we can reduce the amount of work that's involved in in what church looks like to give us more time for relationships and building together community. I think that's fantastic. I just think that's a winner. Yeah, I agree. A a mentor of ours used to say, he goes, church can become a machine that will eat up and spit out people if you're not careful. And I think a lot of times people get eaten up and spit out on that church machine because they get in there and they get sucked into, Hey, you're brand new. Let's put you in ministry within two weeks and we're going to have you serving here, here, and here. And that doesn't create connection by having people serve. I mean, it, it can, but I, I think by getting people in and, and having them serve all so quickly and trying to get people to get involved. And I think we've, I've done it before myself thinking, Oh yeah, if we get them involved in something, they'll want to stay around and blows up in your face. And you're like, Nope, they have to have that connection between the people there and and then they will serve. But if you try to get them to serve first and and just allowing people to come in and rest and to sit and to just soak in it sometimes is so key for people to, to get healed. I mean, there's some people that we know and they come to our church. I said, I just want you to sit for a year. I don't want you to do any ministry. I want you to just sit. I want you to rest. I want you to be easy. Take be calm. Soak, get to know people. And then if you feel like you want to, we can reassess. But I just want you, because, you know, when you come from uh, hurt or you come from, you know, dangerous church or whatever, you sometimes just need to sit and relax. And, you know, I, that, I guess we learned from our, our mistakes, too. You know, when we left the church we were originally at when we were younger, we went to another church and got involved quickly and then got burned out from doing it because we were doing so much because we felt like, oh, this is how we how we do things. We just serve and it'll all work out. And it it didn't. So I think if we can keep people connected um, emotionally and spiritually, I think we can see them, their lives change. But I think if we try to get them into the machine of church, I think it just, it ruins it a lot of times. And then we lose relationship or we don't have good relationship with the people that are sitting 10 feet from us. Like you were saying, your mom, it's like, I could have made relationship with them, but I, I spent so much time doing it. And it's like, I just want it to be simple. I don't want it to be this massive production of, and sucking people into the machine and spitting them out on the other side. So yeah, I really like that. Yeah. And we're all different, aren't we? So it's all going to be how we connect and how we build in is going to be different for everybody. Yeah. So yeah. Um, what else do you want to know? I feel like I've gone <laughs> on an absolute mission. Sorry. Okay. No, no. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your church, like the name of it. What, you know, what, what, how do you guys, like, how do you wrangle kids on a, a Saturday or Sunday if you guys meet for church? You know, do you just throw them on the playground and say, don't move? Or, I mean, so yeah just tell us a little bit about your church and and what you guys do and how how you do it 
Okay, well, we're cool. We've recently kind of recalled our, renamed ourselves The Garden. And I guess that it kind of speaks to us about like being outside, probably yeah. not having walls, you know, not being in a, in a building where we don't have a building. It also speaks about seasons and how the garden goes through seasons. And that's exactly what we've experienced with church. Like it changes how, how it looks, how the garden looks, how the, our church looks, changes with the seasons. Um, and also like different, different things in your garden will bloom at different times. But there's, there's this, there's lots of analogy around like growth and, you know, being fruitful and blooming and, you know, and then the autumn coming and the letting go. And so there's lots of great, um, the garden just kind of speaks a lot to us about that kind of organic and natural, relational, outdoors, seasonal. A lot of parables, it sounds like. Yeah, heaps of parables. We love parables. So when the kids were younger, it was very much a playground and a coffee. And we called that about church. And we just go around different places in the city and mix it up. And it was just fun. It was just a nice, nice thing to do. Um, And probably was all the kind of capacity that as a young parent you have for, you know, you want to get your kids out because they need to run around. And if you've had sleepless nights, you need a coffee, you need, (laughs) and you might need a friend to talk to. So it's kind of, it's kind of that seasonal journey of church has been pitching it where the family is at. So we've had about maybe four or five families that have kind of been with us from the start and have come along. People have added in and, and, and changed around. Um, and then we've added in things like what we call messy church, where we, we did do it in someone's house. And we'd once a month, we'd, we added in kind of doing a bit more of an activity and sharing a story and, but all in together, it being led by the parents um, and but for for the whole family. And then we've experimented with mixing those two kind of things together. And we did something called Nature Church, where we then were trying to do a bit of messy church outside, where it's kind of like reflecting on something, um, at, you know, or having a, a word or a message or something that you reflect on in nature. And... So that was our kind of starting point for where we were at. And then it's just really grown. We've tried to really, we've tried to be creative with it as people have, you know, as our kids have grown and seen what they need. And also as different people have come, been part of things as well. Um, but one of the things we really noticed was the kids were really, they got to a point where they were bored of going to the, they're actually bored of going to the playground and they really loved the messy church thing we were doing. So they'd be asking us, what church is it today? And we'd go, oh, it's out and about today. And they'd say, ooh, when are we doing a messy church? When's the messy church? <laughs> so they wanted the one with like an activity or a, you know, a story and things. So we were like, okay, maybe we need to add a bit more to, to what we're doing. So last year we actually got this amazing book um, called Moments with Jesus. It's, um, and it has 20 stories, a kid's Bible with 20 stories of about Jesus. And each one is kind of written like a, a more like a storybook kind of vibe where, you know, it's imagine you're on the hillside and the sun is beating down and, you know, Jesus is in front of you and he's talking about this and it tr- tries to set, set you in the scene. Mm. So anyway, we gave, we gave everybody, every family um, a book 
you know, that they could have that was theirs. And then we said each week we're going to go through these stories. And if you'd like to lead one, pick a story, choose a location based on the theme of the story. And then all you've got to do is bring morning tea and share the story with us. And if you want to develop any chat or conversation or do an activity out of that, that's up to you. So we called it, we, we called it story church and it was, Oh, it was the best thing we've done, but like, I know everything builds on everything else. So we wouldn't have ever got there without the other stuff, but it was just incredible. We would, I remember there being one night we did we did a night church, which is a Saturday night church, and everyone's just real. You know, their people will bring people along if they know what's if you if they know what's going on. You know, you say we're going to we're going to go to the beach this week. Um, meet us at this bay and bring your fish and chip dinner, and then we're going to do this story. Come and so people like our kids. Did they like? Can I bring my friend from school? Can I bring this person and invite this family? And so people want to be there. People the, the kids love church and they especially love a night church we've done a couple of those so we did this one last year and it was saturday night it was getting dusk and we were we played out and everyone arrived with their fish and chips or pizza dinner or whatever their takeaways we had dinner on the beach and played a bit on the beach and then we all came up and at the beach playground was this um big wooden boat that was part of the playground and we were doing the story of where jesus calms the storm i think it was and so we all it was like pitch black we've got a couple of torches between us and we all climb into this wooden boat because there's no one else around everyone um we're the only nutters there (laughs) and and we climb into this boat and we've got our torches out and we give all the kids like a little packet of popcorn or something it's normally good to give them something to eat while they listen to the story so they're more engaged and we tell this story, we read this story out of how Jesus is on this boat and then the storm comes and how would that feel and da, 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 da. and then, you know, Jesus says, it just calms the storm and da, da, da. and we, and then at the end, I just, we, we stop and I say, what, what do you think this says about who Jesus is? And this little boy who was one of my son's friends from school, who I don't think has got any experience of church or God says, I think Jesus wants to know that he's good and that he um, loves us and that he's really, um, uh, what did he say? Something like something, something like that, something really profound anyway, that was like, I think Jesus is good and kind and loves us <laughs> and wants us to be full of peace. <laughs> and it wow. was just like, wow, you've really got the message. So we've all got, <laughs> all our adults are like goosebumping. Yeah. And then, and then we all look, someone goes, look in the sky. And then we look up in the sky and I'm not joking. This, it was a satellite that like flew across the sky, but it looked like Santa and his reindeers, like the smashing thing. (laughs) And it was just, I don't know, it was, I mean, it was silly, but it was amazing. Like it was just once in a blue moon, you see this satellite move across the sky and we were all there sat in this boat. Jesus had just talked to us about how kind and good he is. And, you know, peace and wants to bring us peace. And then we just see this, like, sparkly star shoot across the sky. It was just this incredible, oh, incredible moment. Anyway, like, they're just, I mean, they're not always like that. Like, it's it can be completely the opposite sometimes, too. But yeah. that was last year doing those stories was kind of the start of really, like, connecting our spirits to Jesus in like outside 
and yeah. and with our kids and with people who don't know Jesus and in the dark and you know in however we came and oh it was just so good I just loved it so much (laughs) (laughs) well you know it's it's funny because like you've got a killer children's ministry and adult ministry you're you're you have a great great children's ministry and then you're teaching the adults to be disciples and to teach their own kids (laughs) so I mean it's like you're handing the responsibility back to the parents to be like hey if you could do it on a Sunday you can do it at home so yeah I I love that That, that's very cool well that is that is like the actual that's the dream because I think that's the point isn't it is that it's not for, for that's part of why we really wanted to start church like this as well because it was it feels wrong it felt wrong sending our yeah. kids off crash or Sunday school and then us being all separate when we don't see them all week at school because we're at work and then we're busy on Saturday and then Sunday comes around and you actually just want to you actually want to hang out with your kids well I do anyway and <laughs> you just, and they want to hang out with you and yeah actually that is I feel like that is we're modeling on that Sunday often not always but we try to model on that Sunday something you could then just do in your week you know around the dinner table or yeah. on your walk or to school or whatever it is yeah I like that I, th- I think we put so much pressure on the Sunday you know it's like oh we got to go to church we gotta you know everybody look your best you know and it's like you know behave even though you don't want to behave if we if I if you don't behave when I get home I swear to god I will you know uh, I'm gonna go after you you know the, the rod of correction will come out and, you know, we put so much pressure on like the identity of how we should look when we go to church. And I think like Jesus said, you know, don't deny the little ones, let them come to me. And I think when we, when we start to allow kids to be kids and allow them to, to learn how they learn, you know, uh, a majority of, uh, of the snap synapses in kids' brains connect from them doing things and activities and so when we are allowing them to be part of what we're teaching, that is sticking with them. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're using their physical motor skills, they're doing those things, but they're, they're connecting the synapses in their brain. And what is, what is helping connect them is the word of God. We're teaching them the word of God while those things are, are connecting to these kids. Mm-hmm. And it's ingraining in something them, and then it's causing the parents to have to go, Oh, I got to up, up my game because my kids are going to ask me questions and I got to be able to know this. Yeah. And I think that is how discipleship in the home really starts is throw, you know, giving kids something to talk about, but putting it back in the parents' court and say, oh, by the way, you have to answer these questions now. And it makes the parents go, oh, no, where was that in the Bible? I'm sorting through it or scroll and try to find it and go, yeah, oh, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. It's a leveling up. I think yeah. it's putting, putting like, you know, God's, Jesus said to me, like, have faith like a child. Well, there's nothing greater than leveling up with it with your kids and yeah. put yourself all on the same page. Like, I'm not, I think it takes that hierarchy, status, power, leadership thing away because it's, mm-hmm. it's actually, we're just all on the same, we're all on the same level. And actually there's something for us to learn here as much as there is something for the kids to learn here. Yeah. It's just. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, I, I think I'm emotional talking about it. Yeah. I, I, I feel it. like so many times we relegate our kids off to, oh, well, they just need to learn this. But we read the same scripture and get revelation from it. So what's the difference between us and a child besides the age? And Jesus said, have faith like a child. So, I mean, 
if the kids can get something out of it and we're getting something out of it, we're like, well, my revelation's deeper than my child's revelation. You know, that, that, that mentality. And it's like, no, we're not, we're still four years old in God's eyes. You know, we're still that kid that has to learn some of the, the simplest lessons multiple times for us to finally get it through our skull. Yes. And that, that is actually a real big learning for me that I've had since coming here really as well, particularly is that I like, laying down the fact that I don't I don't know it all I don't I'm always right like there maybe even isn't a right and a wrong it's just what is God saying to you now like I think I think if we can get past that this is the right way to do it and this is the wrong way or this is this has worked for me so it's gonna work for everybody it's not like this has worked for us and been brilliant for us and going and sitting on a boat in the dark was great for us but that might not be for everybody you know like there'd be there's just yeah. so much variety and creativity that is part of what we can explore within church that I would love just, oh, I just would love more people to get yeah, creative. That's, that's uh, very cool. I mean, you're, 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 faci- you're not, you're not up there preaching. You're facilitating um, what the scripture is saying to these parents and to these kids. You're becoming a catalyst for the Holy Spirit to move in their life. And you're not up there saying, well, you know, the word of God says this. And in the Greek, it says this, 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 and this. And then, you know, you're facilitating simple lessons from Scripture, simple stories from Scripture. And how do they apply to your life? And how is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about that topic or that story or what Jesus was doing at that time? So, I mean, if anything, being a facilitator and that catalyst is, I think it's more important than being a, a... person on stage speaking because you're you're not just speaking to them you're you're helping create something in their mind so it can go to their spirit yeah 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 that's a dream yeah yeah so yeah. I, I i i can tell you're a little excited about what you do just a, oh. just a little bit yeah and i've you've caught me on a really good like i'm we first connected didn't we like november time i think and that so was a bit of a, a bit of a dark time for us lots of ways but you've caught me in a good a really good week <laughs> i've just i've just come back from a girls weekend with the mums from church oh, okay very cool and we just had an amazing time together real breakthrough lots of really good chat and deep chat and that's quite very a new cool. that's something new for us that we've not done before and um oh so if i want to encourage people to do that too like there's a real mixture of stuff you you know thinking about your family as a whole like what you need like because you, as a mum, you don't always, or a dad, or you know, full-time parent, or working parent, you don't always have the time to have those deeper conversations and go, you know, get that vulnerability going and yeah. open your heart up and really share what's going on for you. Even with your husband, you know, even with Joel, sometimes it's like I'm too tired to talk to you tonight. <laughs> I know, I, yeah, it's exactly. It's sometimes like I, we're so busy. And it's like, yeah. I, we go to bed, it's like, oh, hey, hi, how was your day? You, know, you lay down and you're just like five minutes and you're just out, you know, and you're just like, you awake, you awake, you know, and they're just, but I think um, just being able to connect is sometimes hard because you get so busy in life and so wrapped up in everything. And as a mom, you're trying to juggle the kids and making dinner and, you know, taking care of the husband when he comes home that's and has had very, a hard day. That's very um, sexist there, Matt. Oh, I Not know. I'm, 
before we met. I know. I know. I'm just talking about my wife because she took care of the kids. She worked part-time and took care of me because I needed taking well, care of. I do actually do the same. I love cooking. So I'm, <laughs> I, I do fit the stereotype myself. <laughs> yes. If I, I think I may have just relegated my wife to a classic 50s housewife. But, <laughs> <laughs> yes. but no, I mean, but that's the thing is a lot of moms now are having to either work or they're home taking care of their kids, but they're still doing something on the side to, to yeah. make up for whatever you're doing. Being a parent is hard. Isn't yeah. It? It, I mean, it doesn't stop with you working or not. It, it just is continuous until bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> and then even so it yeah. is an exhausting job being a parent. I, yeah. I'm, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, to be able to connect with other people, you know, outside of, you know, letting your kids play and then you having a five minute conversation before they want more Doritos or, you know, whatever. I mean, having that, that time alone to be able to connect, it, it creates that deeper bond and that deeper relationship. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. So that's been, that's been good. We had a really good time together last weekend and I know we've just, and then it made it, it's made us think about other ways we can now like carry that on with our families as well. So we're going to try, we're going to maybe try this, um, this term doing a family roulette dinner where you like pick oh. a family and you go and have dinner and um get to know each other a bit better so there's i think once you once you start getting creative and and let the walls down a bit you 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 relax into it and yeah and if you and sometimes you can experiment something and it doesn't work and that's okay i think that's fine it doesn't always work and you can change and grow like the garden yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's like, oh man, I got so much to do, but it's like, hmm, you know, what? Yeah. sometimes you just got to take it easy and yes. do that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that's very cool. Good. So my question to you is, are you doing church at a lot of the same spots every week or do you, are you changing it up and just let everybody know how, what um, do you do? So we have a wee WhatsApp group, which we just send out. So whoever's leading that, that week we'll send out a message probably around Wednesday time mm. saying we're going, we're going to go to the beach this time this week. And we, re- we, you know, we repeat a lot of good ones, the ones that work well, yeah. but sometimes someone will find a real, like Ali, oh, Ali and Dave found a great one the other week in a new spot we'd never been. And it was a great little park with a big field and had a bench and, you know, just worked really well. So we find new spaces. Um, and that's been part of the really great thing about, you know, everyone taking a turn to, to organize it is you get to see what someone else will bring and yeah that's very yeah. cool yeah so as you are starting to get more families involved like how does that start to like do you have other groups that are meeting during the week just to connect or they just kind of do it on their own or, or what what do you do it's a really good question and something I'm still asking. We're still, I think we're still figuring, figuring out a bit. Yeah. <laughs> but, Our um, church sucks at small groups. I mean, we're just not good at small groups. We're just like, hey, yeah, do what you so, want to do. We're not going to plan anything. So, Well, right at the start, we a lot of us were all living in the same location. So we were all kind mm-hmm. of down the road from each other. Yeah. And so we did do a bit more of an evening thing for the adults. And that was really good. That was, you know, again, again, it was right for the season. But now we're all kind of spread a bit more out over the city. Um, it does look, diff- it's harder to get together on an evening because you've, you've got to travel, you know, 20 minute drive. Either way, yeah. it feels like quite a long time when you've had a big day. 
Yeah. I'm tired. So that's been that's been something we've been working on. But the the women have really been gathering. We've been going for coffee on a Monday um, every other week. To we did it to plan an Easter party for like an Easter party for church. That's cool. That was great, but I think that's something, especially after this weekend as well, being together, that we we might continue. You know, like we did it for a purpose to plan an event, but it was so it's been so good that I think we might just be something we slot in. And if you can make it, you can make it, and if you can't, you can't. And I think that's what our Sundays are like. There, there, there's always something on on a three out of the four Sundays. and but not in school holidays. We don't meet in school holidays. But so they'll. But it's whoever can make it. You know, not everyone comes every every time. And at the, yeah. at the I found that really hard. I was like, why are people not committing? And you know, I felt really offended if someone didn't come. Do they not like yeah. it? But this is this is why I have to keep reminding myself we're in it for the long. You know, it's a it's a slow race. It's a yeah. long game. It's you know, it doesn't matter if someone doesn't come one week. It doesn't mean they don't like you anymore, Jen. Calm down. <laughs> you know, they, That's hilarious. But yeah, and I think just talking yourself down in the mirror. You know, like they still like me. It's okay. <laughs> but I think maybe there'll be other things like that that we pop in to the calendar, yeah. like Monday coffee with the girls, or I don't know, whatever it'll be. But Cool. We've slowly been slowly been adding other things in, so we'll we'll definitely do that girls' weekend away probably annually, and then we've got a, we've done a like a family camp thing away where we go away for a weekend. Oh, cool. And so I think that'll be we did that last year for the first time. So we'll do oh no, we've been doing that a few years, so we'll do that again. And yeah, just Very giving cool. some go and seeing if it gets gets traction. Well, I, I think it's about is simple as community as you possibly can get i mean like you're not you're not coming around an event you're not like hey we got this big event and everybody come see you're just having simple community together and it's growing from there it's not a a production it's not this you know five-year vision of this is how many people we're going to have and this is how we're going to do it you're just like we're going to reach out to people around us and however it grows as organic as it possibly can we're just going to grow. And I think, you know, you're, you have seasons with people and you have, you know, moments with people. I think sometimes, you know, some, some people last a season, some people last a moment and, but those organic times, they just create bonds and they create, you know, life connections that will last sometimes forever. And so that's very cool to see that. Yeah. It's been cool. So my question is, have you actually met in the forest yet? Yep. Lots of times. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Just wanted if to make sure. Cause you, yeah. It's a good one if it's raining because you've got a bit of coverage from the trees. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, I think for us, like, like for us, I just call it church in the wild. Cause we're, we live in a village of 990 people. We're, wow. when we're five miles out of there. So it takes us 10 minutes to get into a gas station. Um, and so for us, I just call it church in the wild because we're out in the middle of nowhere. Like we got deer and coyotes and bear and, you know, mountain lion and cougar, you know, they're just, you know, just walking a couple of miles down the road, you know, it's just the way we do it. But, you know, it's just, I think God sets us in place for things we didn't expect. Like I never expected to be in this little 
you know, town in the middle of nowhere doing church. And I don't think you ever expected to be in New Zealand out in the middle of the woods doing church or at the beach doing church. And I think he places us for seasons and times and um, places that he knows that we'll be willing and faithful to steward. But I just don't like a lot of times you're like, why would you put me here? And why would you do this? It's just those questions that we ask God sometimes. And he's just like, because I asked you to. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really cool. So, you know what, Jen? That was a great conversation. Yeah, it was fun, eh? It was fun. Yeah, we finally got to actually have a conversation. It's it's only been, what, nine months? Yeah. <laughs> so, I bet but... people listening, I've got, I'm real impressionable with my accent. So I bet by the end of this podcast, I probably sound more like you. I've probably got more of an American twang. You know what? I thought you were. I thought you were transplant. I thought you were transplant (laughs) when I first talked to you. I'm like, okay, she's got a she's got an English accent, but it's got a little bit of a a twang to it. So I'm like, okay, she just been in in New Zealand long enough, or in the you know that area, be like you know Crocodile Dundee, good day, mate. You know that. (laughs) But no, I mean. I'm sorry to everyone if my accent was like the weirdest thing. No, it's, it's, uh, I can understand <laughs> you. So it's okay. I mean, I have, I've got friends all over the U S so I say y'all a lot and people look at me like, where are you coming from? Like I got friends down South. It's, we just say y'all, you know, it's good to see y'all. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, but no, it's so Jen, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having so. me.